Day six of a 10-day contract here on 710 ESPN. Yeah, it's Scott Kaplan. I said last week I was probably freaking a lot of people out. I think Dodgers manager Dave Roberts might get freaked out. Seriously, like when he hears me on the airwaves of 710 ESPN, when he's driving in his car in L.A., I'm going to talk to Dave Roberts here in just one moment. He's going to be coming up on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. So I mentioned this Kenley Jansen story just moments ago, how his family had Corona. He's back. And I love his quote that, hey, look, we've all been going through tough times together. I feel like he really has this global sense of of what Corona is because he even goes on to say, he's like, dude, this is serious. This is real. Like, don't put your guard down, like wear your mask, the whole thing, because he's lived it. So we got a lot of things to talk about with Dave Roberts. Here he is, the manager of the Dodgers, Dave Roberts on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Hi, Doc. Hey, Scotty, what's going on, my friend? How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I just made the drive into Dodger Stadium, so I'm sitting in my office. Can I go out there in a little bit and watch some bullpens? And we got a light day, but you know what? It's different, Scott, but it's, but it's actually been really good for us. Dave, the last time we talked was mid-April, and I, I, I said to everybody before you came on, I, I kind of walked away from that conversation thinking, I don't feel like Dave feels like the baseball season's really going to happen. Maybe I misread your, your tone back then, but are you surprised we are where we are today? You know what? It's interesting is that I think over the course of the last few months, I've kind of basically been wavering because, you know, the narrative every day, every week seemed to change. And, you know, you get information from the PA, from the from Major League Baseball. And I think you probably caught me on a time where I was kind of not so uh, hopeful. But uh, where we're at right now, I'm hopeful we're going to we're going to get started and we're going to finish this thing. What'd you think though? I mean, you must be in communication with these players in the case of Kenley Jansen. You obviously had to have known what was going on with him. You, people can't say what's happening because of, you know, privacy issues and so on, but for him to come back, for him to have gotten through it, he talked about, dude, there were some some dark times. There were 4 days there. It was pretty tough. Uh, but happy to get this guy back when you've got a guy like Dave Price opting out. We can talk about that as well. What do you think about Kenley coming back? Oh, I'm excited to get Kenley back. And and I think that, yeah, you, you nailed it, where I think that everyone, it's their story to tell as far as the player and, and why they were late to summer camp or choose not to come or whatever the reason. But I think for Kenley, I appreciate and applaud him for kind of being kind of transparent and, and letting the world know, you know, what the situation is. And I think that for anyone, you know, you can hear about things and read about things, but until you experience it firsthand, then it really hits home, and especially when it affects your family. So for Kenley to tell the story and share with us in the clubhouse and everyone who listen, I think, uh, is very responsible. And he's a passionate guy. And so we're certainly listening, and, and um, our guys are doing a great job as far as following protocol. We're talking to Dave Roberts, Dodgers manager. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Dave, like he said, drove in to Dodger Stadium, sitting in his office right now. I was watching some of the, um, you know, these scrimmages that you guys are playing, right? And I, I'm, I'm reading some of these Dodger blogs, Dave, and I'm seeing Mookie Betts talk to Stripling, one of your guys who's really battling to try and take that David Price spot in the, in the starting rotation, talking to him after and at bat, and he's standing on second base. It, it looked like he was, I couldn't really tell, and then there's been some interesting reporting about what they were talking about, but it almost looked like he was saying, hey, I notice when you do this, you're pitching this, and I'm able to pick that up. What, what Do you know about that conversation? I don't know about that specific conversation, um, but I will say that Mookie's had a lot of one-offs with certain players, pitchers, position players, 
Um, Justin's done the same thing. And I do think that it's interesting is that in baseball, we do a lot of, you know, pitchers do their thing, position players do their thing, and you don't get that opportunity to really do the inner squad. And so this gives guys an opportunity to kind of stand in the box or face a hitter and really see what it's like. And so for Mookie to kind of talk about that and Justin and players to kind of have that kind of conversation, it's only going to make everybody better. And it's been really, really good for me to see that. Let me ask you this then. Are you saying, and we're talking to Dave Roberts, Dodgers manager here on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN, are you saying that these inner squad games, are they vastly different, Dave, than what you would be doing in spring because of the time of the year and the time in the preparation calendar? Is this vastly different than what you would be doing in spring? Yeah, absolutely. I think that we have obviously latitude to kind of put some situation together or roll an inning over if the pitch count gets too high. Um, but it's very clear that we have a short ramp up. So um, when you have, you know, essentially a dozen games to play before the season, you've got to have that intensity. So we're, 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 we're ramped up. We're focused and, and we're going to do something a little bit fun um, with competitive spirit. We're going to have a kind of a little mini World Series, kind of a Dodger summer camp, blue versus white. There's going to be a draft. Uh, Justin's going to be a captain. is going to be a captain. And it's going to be a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday situation. Um, best two out of three. And that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Who gets the first pick? Or are we flipping a coin? How are we going to know? You know what? I'm letting the players kind of figure it out. So we'll see. I'm going to kind of be a fly on the wall watching the draft. And, and that's about it. If you were a player and you were chosen as one of these two captains, who's your first pick on the Dodgers? My first pick, I, I, I think, would be number 50. Plays right field. Oh, there you go. Now, speaking of him, <laughs> let me ask you a question. I, let me, speaking of it, you tell me, I'm, again, I'm kind of reading through all these, these Dodger reports. Is there something going on with Bellinger's swing? Is he trying to, to, to tinker again? Is that what's happening here? Yeah, there's a, there's a swing change, Scotty. Um, he, he kind of came up with this um, during quarantine, so we're trying to get through it. And, and I think that you know, he just needs to take some, some live at-bats. And, and you know, with, with Cody, it was one of those things that he had a great, really, really good first half, and then sort of the, the last third of the season didn't feel comfortable and took that into the winter and the spring, still didn't feel comfortable, so felt over quarantine that he wanted, needed um, to make an adjustment. And so here we are right now. And so we're just kind of trying to get familiar with it. He's in lockstep with the hitting coaches, so we'll see where it takes us. You guys talk about that while the whole COVID thing happened? From the time you guys left till the time you come back, are you in communication with a player like Bellinger where he's talking to you like, Dave, I'm trying to work this thing out on my swing? And, and maybe he's even working with somebody who you might be talking to. I'm just curious how the communication happens over the course of something we've never really gone through before. Yeah. I, I actually I was not. Um, this is but the hitting guys uh, knew about it from from day one from the outset, and they had an opportunity to kind of work with him through it, you know, with the masks. And and once they had the opportunity to go to CBR and work out, um, and I got wind of it, you know, towards the end of quarantine, with, with, but they were already informed of it. Talking to Dave Roberts, Dodgers manager. He's in his office at Dodger Stadium. This is Scott Kaplan on seven ten, ESPN. What did you do during this? three and a half to four month break from the time you guys left your spring training facility to where we are today. What'd you do? Um, you know what? It was, it was kind of 
detaching myself, and, and I think, uh, Scotty, after last year, I needed a lot of time to kind of get away and get over that season um, and get recharged. And then you're kind of doing the same thing you were doing, trying to stay a, stay in, in tune with the storylines um, and staying connected to the players. Um, but then as we started getting closer, then you kind of get that focus on it's going to happen. you got to put yourself in that space. And, and I think that I understand doctors and people that are more skeptical, but I think when you're in uniform, you have to have the mindset that we're going to finish what we start. So at, the, at that point, it's kind of preparing for the spring training and how it's going to look. And we've been doing a lot of things at night to kind of mirror the season. Um, and now it's kind of going through the logistics on, on how with the pitching, the build up, the position players and all that kind of stuff. Are you nervous at all about Corona, about travel, about being around other people who've been around other people? Are you even concerned in the slightest bit for yourself, for your family? Are you thinking about that? Or is it just like, no, it's baseball. We got to go. I, I, I'm, uh, I wouldn't say concerned. I'm more of the mind of it's baseball. We got to go. Um, but I think that we followed a little bit with the Angels in the sense of I, I think that you know Trout led the the thing of you know players and coaches committing to just going from their homes to the ballpark, hotel ballpark, and um, staying away from the social gatherings. And a lot of the people, Scotty, that have been affected by the virus are people that got it. You know, got diagnosed with the intake intake testing, and so the people that have kind of passed the intake testing have, for the most part, I think the numbers are really. Uh, good or low or whatever as far as positive testing. So I think that our guys are all aligned in the sense of, you know, we have two months of a season. We have the postseason. Let's do everything we can because the contact tracing is real. And those are that's a week to 10 days that you're going to miss baseball games. So everyone's trying to be responsible. So I'm just confident in our guys. What did you think about when David Price decided to opt out? Did you talk to him? Uh, I did talk to him. Um, I, I can't say I was totally surprised. David is, is a very intelligent, um, obviously very thoughtful guy. And, um, you know, we had conversations prior where he was kind of asking questions and you could see he was sort of wavering. Um, but once you ultimately made that decision, me personally, the Dodgers, his teammates, everyone completely supports him. And it's an individual personal decision for he and his family. Okay, I'll go with that. Dave Roberts is the manager of the Dodgers. He's sitting in his office in Dodger Stadium. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Tell me about a guy that I'm reading about named Chico who works in the clubhouse who has gone viral because you must have thrown him out in the outfield somewhere and he's been making grabs and he's been gunning to home plate. Would you please explain this story, Dave? So, uh, you know, with this situation, we've had some late arrivals, um, A.J. Pollock's not here yet. So when you're talking um, inter-squad games, you need uh, 16 position players. And um, so we only have 15. So uh, Chico is a former player, you know, played amateur, you know, younger. And he, he, he was a bat boy, uh, Scott, when I was with the Dodgers. So I've known him since he was a kid. And um, so now he's no longer a kid, obviously. And so he's in the clubhouse, and he catches bullpens, throws some BP, and I'm like, what the heck, man? Let's throw him out there in left field. And I really didn't know what to expect. He, he's not taking any at-bats, which the players aren't happy about. But, I mean, he's making plays like over his head in twilight, throwing out Chris Taylor at second base. He's got T-shirts about him. It's just absolutely crazy. And it's kind of the fine line between having fun, but he's taking it serious. And 
um, it, it's it's nice. It breaks up a little bit of the monotony to have a guy like that out there. Why don't you put this guy in a minor league uniform next year? Give him a shot. I hear you. He might get a shot. I mean, why not? Let's let's. I mean, you know, listen. It's like, hey, what happened? Well, I don't know. Dave one day told me I should go out into the outfield, and I made a couple catches. I gunned a couple guys down. Next thing you know, I'm in Double A, and boom. The next thing, I'm a major league. How old is this guy? Is he? I mean, tell me, he's like he, 25. I think he's like he's about yeah, he's about 25. A uh, little bit, maybe mid to late twenties. But I'll tell you this: is uh, he, he plays a better left field than than I, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. But there's some major league left fielders that I'll take Chico any day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Dave Roberts on Scott Kaplan on seven ten ESPN. Tell me a little bit about Gavin Lux getting back to camp. Yeah, Gavin. Uh, he he's back. Um, played yesterday, second base. Um, it's it just kind of getting his legs back. He looks fantastic. Um, you know, I expect big things for Gavin this year, but obviously we have a lot of talent and, you know, he's got to go out there and perform and play. But last year was a huge year for him. You know, I think minor league player of the year and, and some publications, but to know him, Scotty, to love, to know him is to love him and love the way he plays the game. He's got a great head and uh, it's going to, it's going to be fun to watch him grow as a big league ball player. Dave, how concerned are you about Max Muncie, this finger injury? And I guess I would take it a step further and say, is the batter's eye an issue? batter's eye won't be an issue going forward we've already made some modifications mm-hmm. um so i, I uh, applaud the organization for that uh, max i expect him to be a first base on opening day so he's taking swings doesn't feel it it's a little bit of the catching of the baseball but he'll, he'll be fine he's a tough one last thing is is will, or have you thought that i've got to manage differently in any way i don't know if you have or haven't because i don't know you know what the mindset would be but there's 162 games, okay, normal. But now it's 60 games. It's condensed. It's it's the sprint now. Do you think, hey, I've got to manage differently because of fewer games? Yeah, I, I think one sense, you know, typically a player, yeah, I think the kind of the, the baseline for, for on the position player side is you give a guy 100 at-bats and you see where he's at, you know, if he, if he can kind of get out of that funk or, or whatever it is. But I think that now – you know, that excessive not swinging the bat well, quality of bats, you really got to take a closer look and, and maybe play the hot hand, and, and you can't really ride a guy as long as you would typically like. Um, and as far as, like, in-game, um, not a whole lot different. I mean, I think that we do a good job of matching up, but, you know, we're going to start the season, Scotty, with 30 players, and there's going to be obviously a few more position, uh, pitchers, guys in the pen. Um, and then after two weeks, we're going to go down to 28 and then after a couple more weeks, we're going to go back down to 26. So I think that, you know, that will be a little bit different as far as matching up. And, you know, that that uh, the DH obviously changed a little bit of the strategy. And to be quite frank, makes it a little bit easier on the manager because there's not really the worry of taking a pitcher out to then, you know, double switch or anything like that. Um, the extra inning situation, the guy on second base, I love that rule, uh, especially with this situation this year being abbreviated. Um, there's a little bit of strategy as, as far as home, road, you know, are you going to be behind after that top half of the 10th inning or, or you know, so that's going to be interesting. Okay. The reason I ask, of course, is because if things aren't that different, you know, then, then you just, I'm taking a look at a date here. It's July 28th and 29th, Tuesday, Wednesday. You have that marked at all on your calendar? Cause that's um, where I don't, but I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, that's right. Going to Houston. Yeah. Well, um, I, I don't. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be different, Scotty, because there's going to be no fans. Um, I think that 
there's a lot of similar players on both sides. But I think that's still three years ago, and I know the story last year um, was a big story this past winter. But I think for our guys, we're going to be facing a good team, and we're, I'm sure we're going to get Verlander, and we're just trying to win a couple baseball games. So I think for that part, that narrative for us, we've turned the page. You should Belichick this whole thing. Every time somebody asks you right after the, you know, you guys open against the Giants for four, and then there's a little bit of time, and every time the media asks you, just say, hey, we're on to Houston. We're on to Houston. <laughs> he was on to Cincinnati. You're on to Houston. I like it. I like it. I might have to take a page out of his book. I love that. Thanks for that. <laughs> hey, Dave, I hope you – your family are healthy and safe. And I hope for you, the Dodgers and Major League Baseball and fans everywhere, I hope we get to see this season happen. Best wishes to you. And I look forward to talking again real soon. All right, Scotty. Be well, man. Stay safe. Yeah, back to you. Thanks, Dave. Dave Roberts giving you the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract and no compromise. I like how I didn't really have to even ask. It's like, oh, no, no, I, I know where you're going. Okay, 28th, 29th. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Houston. Got it. Okay, I know where you're going. Hey, it ain't game day. But you can still feast like it is. Meet Church's new five-buck campfire smokehouse chicken, our fan favorite with a new campfire flavor, plus mashed potatoes and a biscuit. Church's bringing that down-home flavor, offer valid at participating locations. Okay, let me ask everybody a question, and then I'm going to say this. Phones are open. You want to jump in, go for it. If you'd rather tweet me, that's fine too. I always say that I think that today's sports radio listener would rather tweet rather than call i will check twitter at a commercial break so if you have anything brilliant awesome but if you've got what it takes to add to the broadcast today 877-710-3776 coming up lebron i want to get back to it not going to be social messaging on the back of his jersey and rondo is now out which to me is i think we're making way bigger of a deal than this than it needs to be you want to jump in? 877-710-3776. Let me get to those stories coming up. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. I just got a text message from my girlfriend. She told me, good thing I did a whole bunch of maintenance last week. Yeah, she got her hair done, got her nails done. Good thing she did, because I'm telling you, man, the hair salons, nail salons, gyms, restaurants, bars, like everything's closing down again. Schools, dude, LA, you're in... You, Think about that. You are a mom or a dad. Your office got shut down. You're no longer coming to the office. You're at home. You're working. You're trying to work from home. You're trying to learn the, the new normal. Your kids aren't in school. I mean, it's summertime now, but the kids weren't in school. And you're like, dude, where do I get the bandwidth? I don't even, I can't add two plus two. I don't want to hear about Common Core. I can't figure out how to help these kids do anything. So, Listen, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy time right now, and what we, I say we, the community that we all are together, what we want is we want our sports back. And isn't it interesting that as we are talking about Dave Roberts and the, the Dodgers getting set to play and who they're going to play and where they're going to play and what the storylines are going to be and who's coming back and who had it and who's still not here and who might, all these different storylines that we're having conversations about here today we're talking about the future of sports coming back, and doesn't it seem to not even make kind of sense in some ways? Because we're also talking about, but yet everything's shutting down. Crazy. It's Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Quote and buy all online at Progressive.com. I'm going to talk about LeBron and his jersey and his decision in one minute. But let me just say good afternoon after an hour plus on the air, to Bergman and Brawny. Let me start off. Hey, hey, Bergman, how you doing, man? 
you, you're, you're listening and join you. I, well, thank you. I, give me a little feedback here early in the show on what you just heard with Dave Roberts. How do you like Dave Roberts as your manager? Look, I love Dave Roberts as my manager. I, he, I have been very vocal in the past about he does not make some of the best decisions in the world, especially when it comes to his gut and uh, in the playoffs. But I think he's a fantastic person and a great manager, especially when he's he's a great guy for the Dodger clubhouse because he's just there. He is partly there to just keep everybody up and happy. And he's just a great dude. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's see if if Dave Roberts can maybe get over the hump this year. You know, I, I've known Dave for a really long time. Kids kind of grew up together. Used to be able to take my son to his house and say, "Hey, Dave, can we do a little bit of BP in your backyard and your in your batting cage?" I mean, he, he's just a really great dude. Um, and I, I hope for him that this could be the year because with so much success over all of the years, but the inability. You, you heard him say it. For those of you that missed the interview, go back and listen on the ESPN app. He's like. After last season, the way that season ended, I needed time, man. I needed to get away from all of this. So um, even even through the quarantine, saying that he needed to kind of, you know, still get away from what had happened, you know, last at the end of last season. So very interesting. Bronny, how you doing today, man? You have a good weekend, pal? Yeah, man, doing good. Just uh, spend time with the wife, the little baby. She's about to turn six months old. So dealing with all that. What I'm more interested in, though, Scott, is – you talked about earlier in the show, you said you watched the uh, Usman Ma- uh, Masvidal fight on Fight Island for UFC. The other question you didn't like quite lead on to is, what did you think of Hamilton? Because I know you watched it. I know you had to. I know so, you didn't get out of watching it. So I, I love that you're asking me this, and I appreciate that. And if I was smart enough, I would have written this earlier today and said, hey, could you do me a favor and set me up for this? Um, I didn't. I should have. I did not watch Hamilton this weekend. Oh, I will have you know. Okay, man. for those of you that were with us last week, you knew that there was a battle going on between girlfriend who wanted to watch Hamilton on Saturday night and me wanting to watch the big fight, Masvidal versus Usman. I'm going to talk about the fight, but let me just give you an initial opinion. That fight was unfortunately and perhaps predictably uneventful. You have a guy in Masvidal who, yeah, he's training. He's staying in shape, you know what I mean? But he's not training his mind for who I'm fighting, when I'm fighting him, what his style is, what I have to do to combat it, how I can be on the offensive, et cetera, et cetera. These are all things that I would think a fighter would think of. So the fight was unfortunately underwhelming. I was fascinated, and I would be very curious to know how Masvidal's feet are today, because every time Usman had him backed into the fence, he just kept stepping on his feet. And I was like, all those little bones in your feet are going to get crushed. I don't know how the guy was still on his feet. But Masvidal, and we'll hear from him later, was like, look, no excuses. I, I trusted in myself. I thought I could do it. It was short time. Let's go do it again. Let me get myself properly trained. Did you think it was a, an exciting fight, an exciting product for whatever it cost us to buy? Um, it's it, Unfortunately, like you said, it's the fight I expected. I so wanted Ma- Masvidal to win, but when you take a fight a week before it's supposed to go off practically, no matter how in shape you are, you're not prepared for that fight. And Usman is a guy, he's so technical and he's so 
put together, like whole as a fighter, that was going to be an uphill batter, battle for uh, Masvidal. But I think now that we've gotten a taste for it, I'm excited to see the second fight between yeah. those two. Yeah, I'd like to see him get really trained up and, and not have to lose 20 pounds in a week and not stop in Rome on his way to Abu Dhabi for a pizza. I'd like to see him be really zoned in and focused rather than, because I called it last week, you got the champ and you got the character. And so people were interested in the character that is Masvidal. Very few people were interested in the champ. Okay, it's Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. I will talk more about the fight a little bit later on, but I mentioned before the break that, in my opinion, Rondo being out with another hand injury is just not that big of a deal. But what I do think is a big deal is LeBron taking the pressure off everybody in the NBA by saying, I'm not wearing a message on the back of my jersey. If you haven't heard what LeBron said, let me play it for you. Bronny, if you can play it for everybody, let, let LeBron speak for himself. You can pick apart his words from whichever perspective you have. If you're a Laker fan, you've become a LeBron lover. If you're a Laker hater, then you probably are a LeBron hater right about now. But listen to what LeBron says about why he's not going to put a message about social justice on the back of his jersey. Um, I actually didn't go with a name on the back of my jersey. Um, and it was, um, you know, it's no no disrespect to the list that was handed out to all the players. Um, I command anyone that decides to put something on the back of their jersey. Um, you know, it's just something that um, didn't really, you know, seriously resonate with my mission, um, with my goal. Um, I would have loved to have um, a say so on what went, what would have went on the back of my jersey. I had a couple of things in mind, but I wasn't a part of that process, which is okay. I'm absolutely okay with that. So, um, what I will continue to do, um, you know, off the floor and when I'm talking to you guys and when I'm, you know, everything that I do um, ha has a purpose and has a meaning. So, um, I, I don't need to have something on the back of my jersey for people to understand my mission or know what I'm about. Yeah. See, I, I listen to all of that, and there's, there's the part of me, I, I mentioned it earlier in the, in the broadcast, there's the angel side of me that goes, yeah, LeBron, we do. We all know what you do. We all know the, the amazing things that you do in your life and your organizations and the money and the schools. You are an incredible person, and, and you have put your money where your mouth is, man. Everybody knows about that. There's the other side, the devil side, that hears him say things like, hey, I wasn't asked, and I had some messages, and nobody asked me which is okay. You know, I'm okay with that. Those are his words. It's okay. I'm okay with that. And I, I'm not sure if I should be thinking that he's okay with that because he's like, Hey, makes it easy for me. I, I wanted something. They didn't offer it to me. I'm just putting James on the back of my Jersey, or maybe he's not okay with that. As in, how come nobody asked me? Like, you mean to tell me what you don't have my phone number. You don't have all my guys. Nobody can call Maverick. I mean, really, like nobody can call and go, hey, listen, just a question for you, because, you know, uh, I'm Adam Silver and I'm a white Jewish guy. And I thought maybe I'd ask LeBron, LeBron, what do you think? Well, what is what is the what is the message you want to put out? Because whatever you want to put out is what we want to put out. Why would they not ask him? I think LeBron is taking the pressure off of everybody else that was feeling uncomfortable and worried that their message might get misconstrued or not be enough or judged in some way. I love what LeBron's done. He's taking the pressure off. Hey, it's time for uh, some straight talk wireless. And, um, you know, you're covering your bases in baseball, right? Uh, make sure you have no holes in your defense. A little sports analogy there to, uh, to get into this straight talk. Well, uh, the kind of coverage that you get with straight talk wireless is just that. No holes in your defense. You're going to pay up to 50% less 
than big carriers and still use their same networks. Just 45 bucks a month gets you unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G. Does everybody know what that means? Like when I say that, 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G. Are you guys all hip to like the whole world of data and Gs? Because I'm not necessarily sure. It sounds good. No contract, no mystery, uh, fully covering your bases for 50% less. Straight Talk Wireless only at Walmart. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions, straighttalk.com. Okay, coming up. Charles Barkley has a whole bunch to say about what's happening right now in the NBA with all of this talk about names on the backs of jerseys and how it's distracting from the message. I want to get to that. But wait, you know what else I want to get to? My man, Steve Harvey. Oh, we got a good one for you. I love the Family Feud. Oh, my God, I love Family Feud. It's such a great show. Well, Family Feud with my man, Steve Harvey. I love when he claps right after he says his name. I'm your man, Steve Harvey. And then he claps his hand, and everybody in the crowd knows it's time to clap. He had on current NFL players versus NFL Hall of Famers. And wait till you hear what happened when Bruce Smith, one of the all-time great sack men uh, from the Buffalo Bills and a Pro Football Hall of Famer, when he couldn't think on his feet and come up with an answer, wait till you hear what Bruce Smith said to Steve Harvey on Family Feud. I'm coming up with all of this on the way. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Yo, what is going on, Los Angeles? Southern California and worldwide on the ESPN app. That's how I've been listening. I've been listening on the app. I know you guys are listening. You guys are out there. You're hitting me up on Twitter at Scott Kaplan, K-A-P-L-A-N. If you want to call, cool. But And it's like I just, I just tweeted. I just posted a tweet. It's like, look, if you've got what it takes to entertain, uh, to, to, to keep us engaged in some way, then call the show, 877-710-3776. If not, tweet. It's just a lot easier, and it saves us all from really bad radio. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and guests on ESPN Radio appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. We had Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, on about uh, 15 minutes ago or so. If you missed any of that and you're following at ESPN Los Angeles on Twitter, you don't even need to go back and listen because we are chopping it up piece by piece by piece and we're sending out sound bites about everything that Dave Roberts talked about. So if you're a Dodger fan and you're curious about this stuff, what did the manager have to say? Follow along at ESPN Los Angeles and you'll find all of that. I did mention two stories I want to get to here. The first is Charles Barkley now telling everybody that the NBA is turning into a circus because, and this is what I'm trying to say to you, this is why the LeBron story is so big. LeBron choosing not to wear a social justice message on his jersey, it's a big deal. And then we talk about it, and then other people start to talk about it, and who's going to be wearing what, and who's going to be kneeling, and did you say the right message on the back of your jersey? That's the thing I'd be worried about. Like, in this world today where everything can be misconstrued, sometimes they do get misconstrued, sometimes they don't. Drew Brees doesn't. Deshaun Jackson doesn't. But if you're a guy in the NBA and you show up in the back of your jersey and it says vote, people be like, vote? Puh. I mean, come on, man. Put something out there that's really meaningful, that vote. Really? That's not enough, pal. And so you just, you can't win. In LeBron James's case, maybe he thought the same thing. When he said, hey, it's okay, nobody asked me. I had a message, nobody asked me, so I'm not putting it out there. I'm okay with that. Maybe LeBron is okay with that. Maybe he's thinking to himself, good. 
Now I don't have to put a political message on the back of my jersey and all of my philanthropy can speak for itself. I don't have to be judged by the media or by the fans that they don't like what I chose to put on the back of my jersey. Don't like what I choose. Don't like what I choose. Anyway, okay. It's Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Here's Charles Barkley from the Celebrity Golf Championship in Lake Tahoe this past weekend. Did anybody watch this? I mean, really. Like, does does anybody sit at home over the weekend? I get it. We're still locked up in many ways. People are are trying to be considerate, and they're staying home as much as they can. But are you really that desperate that you're watching the Celebrity Golf Championship? Tony Romo gets out with an injury, a wrist injury. So he's like the best guy. He's gone. And Charles Barkley is so bad. Charles Barkley is such a bad golfer. Maybe you just watch because you're entertained by his horrendous golf swing. Or that everybody just wants to talk to him when he's the worst guy. Actually, that's not true. That's not fair. He's not really the worst guy. Eddie George was actually worse. The Pro Football Hall of Fame running back, Eddie George. By the way, somebody's going to have to fact check me on that. Eddie George. It just popped out of my mouth. Eddie George, the former Tennessee Titan running back. Eddie George was finished behind Charles Barkley. Finished behind Barkley. So Barkley was second to last. And Eddie George was dead last. That's not quality golf. I don't need to be watching that. But here's what Barkley had to say when asked about what he thinks, what's going on with all the jerseys and and the social justice messages. Here's what the mouthpiece of the NBA had to say to CNBC. Play it. Well, I think what's happening now, uh, we turn it into a circus. Uh, You know, we're going to spend all our time, instead of talking about racial equality and racial justice and economic justice, we spend all our time worried about who's kneeling and who's not kneeling, uh, what what things are being said on buses, uh, what's being said on jerseys. I think we're missing the point. Uh, we need uh, police reform. We need prison reform, uh, and we need uh, those are number two, one and two things we need to focus on. Uh, we need the cops. We need the good cops out there policing the bad cops. Like I say, we need obviously we need police reform and prison reform, but. The media, you know, we all got a job to do, and they're going to spend all their time on what's on somebody's jersey and what's on the buses and who's kneeling and who's not kneeling, and that's going to defeat the purpose. My concern is just turning this thing into a circuit instead of trying to do some good stuff. See, I love that. I love what Charles Barkley says. He brings it, man. I'm telling you. Charles Barkley says it exactly the way it needs to be said. We're going to turn this thing into a circus. In fact, if I were the NBA, from the very beginning, I would have said, hey, look, you know what? We all decided to stand together, and we all stood for the anthem. So you know what? Let's do this. Let's just everybody keep their names on the back of their jerseys. This is just going to turn into, as Charles Barkley called it, a circus, man. You know, by the way, did I not see that Kanye West announced that he plans on running for president? Seriously, like, why don't we get Charles Barkley to run for president? Maybe Kanye could be his vice president. I don't know. But Charles Barkley tells it the way it is. Charles Barkley gets it. You know, we have a problem in our country. We acknowledge that we have a problem in our country more so than ever. But we're going to start here talking now about should he have vote on the back of his jersey? Is it okay to have peace on the back of his jersey? Is it okay for him to have his last name on the back of his jersey? We're going to turn this thing into a circus. Let's not do that. Let's get back to playing ball. All right, Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. I did mention to you that Pro Football Hall of Famer Bruce Smith, I know this one is for sure a fact, okay? I mean, the Eddie George thing I may have gotten wrong. But Bruce Smith is a Hall of Famer. And he went on Family Feud. I love Family Feud. Somebody give me a give, give me the feud theme. I mean, I get fired up, man. 
when I hear the feud. You know, and then they bring out Steve Harvey. Have you, do you guys, does everybody watch this? I, am I alone now? Am I the only person in America that watches it? I can't be. It's no, such a, it's My great. mother-in-law watches. Oh, the mother-in-law. See, for me, me, me and my, my 14-year-old daughter, we watch this show religiously. We love Steve Harvey. I love his suits. I love his pocket squares. I love his perfectly manicured mustache. I love his bald head. I love his story. I love Steve Harvey's story. Do you guys know his story? I'll tell it to you if you need me to. But I also love it when Steve Harvey comes out and he goes, Hey, everybody, I'm your man Steve Harvey. Claps his hands. He goes, And then he says, this every single show, he says, We got a good one for you. And then when he goes to a commercial break, he goes, Hey, everybody, stick around. We got two good families. He says the same thing every show. I can recount it with him at the same time. I love Steve Harvey. He's got these NFL Hall of Famers on one side. He has Bruce Smith, Michael Irvin, Chris Carter is the captain of the team, Kevin Green, and Orlando Pace. He's got five Hall of Famers. Everybody's rocking their Hall of Fame jacket, right? They get to the showdown because the old guys beat the young guys. And Michael Irvin goes first, and Michael Irvin gives the first answers. Let me tell you guys something. Put yourself in that position. You know, your, your teammate did all of the first round. Now you got to go on to the second round. When they ask you a question and you give the same answer that your teammate gave, you're, hey, you got to tap dance, man. You got to think on your feet. So let me play for you what happens when Steve Harvey, my man, Steve Harvey, when Steve Harvey asks Bruce Smith a question in the, in the challenge round, I don't even know what they call it in Family Feud, but... Just take a listen to what happens when Bruce Smith can't really think on his feet and the pressure gets to him. And then Steve Harvey's like, did that just really happen? Take a listen. If Captain Hook was moonlighting as a handyman, he might replace his hook with what tool? A hammer. Try again. A penis. Tell me the age a kid is too old to sleep with a ten... What the f- he said? <laughs> It's hard. I'm telling you guys right now, you're standing there. Steve Harvey's there. The pressure's on. The studio audience, your teammates. That's a, that's that's tough. You got to think on your feet. I don't know if you guys can we do it. I just can't understand why that's the next thing that comes to your mind. <laughs> How do you go from hammer to that? I guarantee you it got at least 2 points. <laughs> I mean, probably did. That's why they do it too. You know? I'm going to give it a zero. I'm going to guess that that turned into a big zero. It listen. It is hard. You got to think on your feet. You got Steve Harvey. You got a studio audience. You're probably playing for some kind of charity. You got all your Hall of Fame teammates. You're rocking the Hall of Fame coat. You got these young punks over here. It's like, come on, man. You can't do this, Bruce. And then Bruce comes up with that. That was his next thought. Replace the hand with a hammer, or you know what he said. <laughs> does anybody here am i the only person that watches family feud i love family feud i don't understand are you actually watch it live so uh, no no well, I, the, the, all that we're talking about this all went viral that's how i saw it but i watch it on i think it's the game show network and i just watch blocks of it i could watch two three hours of steve harvey i'm your man steve harvey we see, gotta go you. If, if i don't see it on twitter as a clip i'm not seeing any second of it not mm-hmm. one yeah oh no I'm, I'm watching it i love it 
I love Family Feud. You know what my favorite part is? Is that when Steve Harvey does a game show, um, the, the team wins, right? So they say, hey, the Kaplan family, congratulations, you guys won. And my daughter, who's 14, is obsessed with getting me and my four kids on the show. So he congratulates you for winning. Right. And then we're, and we're going to come back with another game. And then the next game comes and the Kaplan family standing there and we're all wearing the same thing. Like we're all everybody wears a stupid outfit on the show, like like bright blue suspenders with a white shirt and khakis. And it's like, oh, my God, all of these people dress the same. You guys look so dumb. And then but Steve Harvey comes out and each episode he got on a different suit. So, you know, that they're just shooting show after show after show because the champs stay and they're wearing the same stupid outfit. But Steve Harvey gets to change his clothes. See what I'm saying? <laughs> right. That's <laughs> kind of silly like that. I love it. I love Steve Harvey and Bruce Smith. Uh, nice job today. You've gone viral. Did you know that right now Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? Of course you didn't know that. That's why I'm telling you. That's on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Visit Geico.com. Okay, speaking of, of Bruce Smith, this got me thinking a little bit about some football stuff. So I've, I've been on the Lakers already today. I've been on the Dodgers already today. I've been on some of the NBA type stories, you know, from Charles Barkley calling it a circus to LeBron James decision. I've been on all that and it's definitely my lead. I've even been on Rondo and his injury and what it really means. But now that I'm thinking football coming up, they finally cracked under the pressure. Daniel Snyder is going to change the name. He swore, I will never change the name of my football team. And he has felt the pressure and he is about to change this name. And I want to get to that story coming up. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Yo, what's going on? It's Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Hey, listen, I got a lot more to go. This is day six of a 10 day contract. We are nearly two hours into a three-hour broadcast. Landon Donovan is coming up. So if you're an LAFC fan, if you're a Galaxy fan, if you're an MLS fan, if you're just interested in how sports are going to possibly pull this all off, Landon Donovan is currently managing a soccer team in the USL. So for those of you that are soccer fans, you'll know a lot about this. But really, I want to talk about how, the, how everybody's doing it. And so Landon Donovan will be coming up at 2.15. So stay with us for that. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if we can save you hundreds on your car insurance. Okay, I mentioned this before the break. The National Football League team in Washington, D.C. is about to change their name. And I will have to tell you, I had an argument with my 20-year-old son who said to me, well, they're, they're yielding under the pressure. They're wilting under the pressure. Maybe that was the better way to call it. They're, they're wilting under the pressure. I said, well, wait a second. Hold on, man. Look, what is offensive, okay? If you're Native American Indian and you think that the name the Redskins is offensive, then you know what? We should be changing those names, Okay. I'm not Native American Indian, so here's what I thought the Redskins were. Because when you know when you grow up and you're a little kid and you, you, you go to the grocery store with your mom and after she gets done paying, she gives you a quarter and you walk over to the bumblegum machine and you turn that you put the quarter in and you turn the thing to the right and out pops an NFL football helmet and you've got a maroon helmet with a sticker and, and the, the, the yellow stripes and you go, oh, that's the helmet of the Washington Redskins. And as a little kid... You don't have any bias. You don't have any hatred. You don't have any, you're not racist. You don't, you don't even know what that means. And then 
here we are in 2020 in a world that has exploded with everything that has happened this year. And we are all ultra hypersensitive. But here's the thing. If the name Redskins is offensive to Native American Indians, then change the name. But you see, the thing is, is this Daniel Snyder, the owner of the of the Washington football team, Daniel Snyder swore up and down like five years ago. I'm not changing anything. You're not going to get me to change my football team. That team was named the Redskins for 45 years before I owned that football team. I'm not changing anything. And now here we are today. And here's what's happened to Daniel Snyder. FedEx is like, dude, you got to change the name. And Dick Sporting Goods is like, we're not going to carry anything that says the name of your football team anymore. And Pepsi Cola is like, uh, dude, we cannot be affiliated with you guys. And the owners who put money into this deal to be minority owners, those guys are like, hey, listen, I want my money and I want out. You know? And so the man has finally not wilted under the pressure. Maybe he has, but he has come to his senses that this cannot go on. It just can't go on. Listen, I tried to say it like this to my son. Look, you look at the Cleveland Indians. Who's the owner of the Cleveland Indians? Who is everybody mad at the owner of the Cleveland Indians? No. You know why? Because nobody knows who he is or she is or they are. You know, who owns the Braves? I don't know who owns the Atlanta Braves. I know that Ted Turner used to own the Atlanta Braves. Does he still own the Atlanta Braves? But either way, Daniel Snyder was so arrogant. I will never change the name. And so he became the poster boy for, oh, really? You're a big jerk. And now, all these years later, you're going to change the name. And I love how he's including his new head coach, Ron Rivera. Like, Ron Rivera? Really? What does the coach care what the name of the team is? And if you're Ron Rivera... You know that this is a a short-lived job anyway, as all NFL jobs are, unless you're Bill Belichick, or unless maybe you were Marvin Lewis and the Cincinnati Bengals just didn't care who their coach was. But I'm telling you, I mean, it, it is time. I said to my son, I go, dude, I go, look at the Cleveland Indians. Look at their logo. If they changed the name to, from the Cleveland Indians to the Cleveland Jews, would you be offended? He went, uh, okay, yeah, I guess. And I'm like, yeah, that's the point, dude. That's the point. We're not Native American Indians. We don't know what it feels like to be on the receiving end of seeing an NFL football team call themselves the Redskins. All we knew as little kids were that football team from Washington, they're called the Redskins. Never at any time in your life did you ever say to yourself, gosh, I really feel dirty calling them that because just just must be so offensive to people. But guess what? It is. Apparently it is. You didn't know. I didn't know. But we all got to get now. You ready? New word. New word. This is cool. Definitely sounds millennial. Definitely cool. Here it goes. We all gots to be woke. That's right. We gots to be woke. We got to learn. We got to learn from each other. Hey, I'm Native American Indian. That redskin thing, man, that pisses me off, dude. It's totally offensive. It's like the N-word. You know? And it's like, hey, Deshaun Jackson. Bro, you can't be Instagramming stuff about Hitler. Hey, I give that kid a little bit of credit. I don't know if you guys saw any of his tweets over the weekend. He went with this 95-year-old Holocaust survivor to a museum to learn. I give that dude instant credit. You know? But man, 
to 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 have an owner so arrogantly for years stand by this notion that I'm a billionaire, I'll do whatever the hell I want to do, I got more money and I got more power, and ain't nobody going to tell me that I'm going to change the name of my football team. Yeah, yeah, now you are. You're going to change the name. Because I said it last week, if he doesn't change the name with his partner's jumping ship, with his sponsors who don't want to do business with him anymore, with major companies around the country saying we won't stock your merch, I'm telling you right now, Daniel Snyder's on the verge of becoming the NFL's version of Donald Sterling where they say, you're a racist, you're not going to change, we don't want you to be an owner, we're going to force you to sell. And so I'll tell you, it's, it's about darn time. And I don't want to come off as sounding like just so, oh, so politically correct. You know, it's not about that. It's like, it doesn't offend me because I never thought of it. But it offends somebody. And in a world that's changing, we really ought to consider that. That's what I think. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Still to come, I have not really gotten deep on Masvidal versus Usman. And I haven't played for you any of the sound bites from Masvidal after the fight. I don't assume that everybody buys pay-per-view fights. And I don't assume everybody buys... UFC fights. Uh, but I think this was a big enough event. It had enough promotion and it had enough personality to it that many of you watch it. I'm going to get into it. And I also want to reset where we started today. Rondo's injury, the return of Kenley Jansen, soccer coming back starting tonight. A lot of stories still to get to. Landon Donovan right around the corner. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN.